This episode has been brought to you by RC Heli Nation, your one-stop shop for crazy, wacky guys talking on the internet. Welcome to the Nation version 2.0. This is Dan, and with me is Rob and yep. Brian. What's up? What's going on, guys? Nothing much, dude. So here we are, episode number 14. It's uh, the Itsy Quadro. Wow, some more Latin, dude. Actually, <laughs> actually Rob, that's Catorce, if you want to get it. Catorce. Mm, yeah, so it was, pig Latin. it was pig Latin then. It wasn't real Latin. No, in Minnesota, they teach them to say the Itsy Quadro because you know, they don't expect them to be able to use that many syllables at once. Well, which there's probably quite a bit of truth behind that. There's Minnesotans. Yeah, right. So what's going on, guys? Rob, what have you been up to this past week, man? Has it been as nice for you over there in Minnesota as it's been here? Yeah, yeah. You know, surprisingly, the last, well, probably good last half of the week here of last week has been actually pretty good. Last, uh, well, I guess it was last Friday, I got a flight in on the X5. That was kind of fun, but... uh here over the weekend, I took uh, my X5 and the Chaos 450 uh, Pro over, you know, brought them to work with me and stuff like that. I had a few flights on those, and it was pretty fun. I get this. Yesterday, I go out, and I have my X5 out there, and I get ready to start flying. And this group of kids saw, they were going by on the road, and they saw me flying my helicopter. And they stopped, and they pulled in behind me, and they were watching and videoing me with their you know, camera phones and stuff and oogling at the helicopter. So I had to get all extra aggressive and stuff, which is pretty cool. And, you know, for me, you know, I could tell parts where I was making mistakes or could have done a move a little tighter or whatever. But for them, they're just like, wow, oh, my God, I can't believe it could do that or whatever. And so that was, it's kind of fun to do that every now and then, you know. So I told them to post a video on YouTube and then go share it on our wall. <laughs> I don't know if we do it, but <laughs> we'll see. Sounds like you have a helper there in the background. Yeah. My little Marissa, she's three, and she went to bed about an hour and a half ago. But just a minute ago, she came through the door in the bedroom, and I asked her, I said, what are you doing up? And she goes, I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm letting her sit here with me. She's being nice and quiet, or as sure. quiet as a three-year-old could be, I guess. So, so yeah, the weather, dude, unbelievable. I mean, yeah. uh, today wasn't... Um wasn't so good i was hoping to go flying today but it uh was supposed to be fairly nice but it it wasn't the weatherman once again lied to me which isn't uncommon up in up in these neck of the woods but yeah uh yesterday holy shit i mean it was sunny it was no wind didn't even have to have just a t-shirt that's all you needed and um oh you gotta like those days man there's not gonna be many of those left this year no here i took warm weather dicks can't relate but you know we yeah yeah warm weather dicks um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking about you, kind of, you, kind of indirectly, but yeah. Well, you know, you saw on the Facebook page I posted up a picture of the trailer at the field with the tracks. Yeah, the yeah, tracks. I saw that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was laying down my little tracks there. You can see there in the front of the picture. But uh, I almost crashed the 600, actually. I got a lot of flights in. I flew over a gallon and a quarter. I had like a little well, a little more than a quarter left in one. And then I went through a whole other gallon. It was all about the nitros. Didn't even touch. Uh-huh, didn't even yeah. touch the X5. But the first flight of the day, you know, it, well, it's been the first flight in a while. A little over a week and a half, I guess it's been. Almost two weeks, I guess. But... Um, you know, of course, I forgot my radio strap, my neck strap for the radio. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is I had to kind of uh, make a uh, makeshift one with some rope there, right? And so as I set the radio down to kind of start the helicopter, I hit the hit the rate mode switch, and I put the the gyro or the beast X into rate mode. And I didn't really notice it when I was taking off. But as soon as I was up in the air, I'm like, wow, this thing's really drifting. And it's drifting fairly hard. And, and I know. Yeah, I know. I should have that all dialed out. But I don't. Yeah, you should, Dan. <laughs> but I didn't. So I'm like, well, there's something wrong. And, you know, and, and it, you know, my brain's, you know, it's, I'm a little rusty. And I'm trying to figure out why in the hell something's definitely wrong. And and so I kind of go into a you know, slight panic mode. Like, oh, shit, I'm going to I'm gonna put this thing in. You know when you go into that? When you start feeling that, I, I just need to get it on the ground or something bad's going to happen. Generally, something bad does happen when that starts to, when you, you know, when you start to come over, come with that feeling. Well, I hit yeah. throttle hold and did a mini auto, got it down, kind of slammed it onto the ground. So, yeah, after that first flight, got that straightened out, you know, got the engine tuned up and man, it was just beautiful flying. It was awesome all day long. I look forward to some more time like that. Of course, today was gym day. But uh, I was so wrapped up in wanting to go to the field with the big helicopter, I kind of I didn't go, hoping the weather would clear up long enough for me to go to the field. But that never happened. So, so just here all oh, my lonesome. What is it with you guys and your switches, Jizo Pete? I don't know, Jizo Pete. Did you say? I said Jizo Pete. Yes. Well, that reminds me of race. something. I was listening to last week's show the other, in the middle of the week, and there was something I kind of wanted to ask you about because. You know, I've mentioned a few times in the past, you sometimes use words, you know, you know, one of the fun things getting to talk to you all the time is you'll come up with these words I've never really heard before. Yeah, yeah right, right. And so <laughs> you were explaining to us um, about the various items that you were bringing to the office and and you said uh, something about various Mox Nick stuff. Is that a brand? Yeah. A helicopter? What the hell is that? <laughs> come on. It's a color. Is that a color? No, it's not a color. Mox Nix is just like another way to say various. I don't know if it's an actual phrase in a different language or something like that, but my parents used to say that all the time. Like Mox Nix is like you would use that instead of saying like assorted or various or that kind of thing. You know, so in a sentence you could say that. Instead. Well, I would just I would just say assorted. Well, yeah, I say Mox Nix because I'm I'm cooler than you are, Dan. Well, that's a given. It kind of sounds like you have a cold tonight, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm nursing, and I—it's probably just in my head, but I'm convinced that because I went and got a flu shot on Thursday, that now I'm gonna get the flu. But yeah, whatever. Probably. So I, I got a head cold. Both my kids are got like runny faces and whatever, and my wife seems to be all right. But I rarely get colds, but when I do, they—they kind of come on and they just linger. Yeah. So Brian, Brian, uh, what have you been up to, you warm weather dick? Um, <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. I'm glad you hey. asked. Uh, Any, we did, anytime. We we did some flying uh, yesterday. Did some flying yeah. today, and yeah, got like five flights in yesterday on the uh, the uh, six hundred and seven hundred. Six hundred's back in the air now. 
mm-hmm. and uh, went flying today and had a less than stellar day. But uh, you know, it was still any day flying is uh, better than uh, you know a good day working. So sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what uh, what happened today that made it uh, not so stellar? Uh, uh, well, preach the gospel, uh, brother. Tell us, tell us a good word. I paid homage to the hilly gods by pancaking the 450. Oh, no. <laughs> Did As you just giggle. recently recover from a pretty nasty crash on that 450 or what? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind I hope of you were trying crash. something new and just not as some silly dumb thumb. No, no, I was sitting there practicing nose over rainbows. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I, like, did, you know, did one. I was like, oh, it's awesome. Look at that. And went to do another one. And it went, I think I'm going to stop right here, buddy. And I went, um, no, really, keep going, like, the other way. No, the other way. And it just went, um, no, I'm going to go this way. Bam. So I just kind of walked over, did the walk of shame, and, you know, unplugged it and looked at it and went, ow, that, that kind of sucks. My, my, my Align 3GX blades that I had just put on it, like, ten flights ago, they look like those uh, lasagna noodles now. So you know. Uh, does Does Cliff ever get tired of getting that call from you, dude? You know that I, call. I, hey, I, hey, dude. Uh, I need. Uh, yeah, I, I put the uh, just you know insert helicopter here in today. I I need a few parts. <laughs> yeah. I called him after I left the field right before I called you, Dan, and uh, you know Cliff just kind of laughed at me. He's like, "So what happened?" And I was like, "Uh, well, uh, I did this and um, I did that, and it just went." And and oh, I flipped it normal. Oh, wait, that was with a different helicopter. <laughs> shut up, Rob! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! You. So yeah, I recovered for that one, but you know, it was a yeah, it was a uh, oops, and it happened. But yeah, Cliff just kind of laughed at me, and he's like, "So you pancaked it?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." It just it stopped just responding, stopped. inverted about four foot off the deck, and just kept on going. I wonder if it had browned out or something. Could be, you know, that yeah, forty four hundred kilovolt motor, and you know, now nah, I think I think the receiver just kind of it pooed out. It did the exact same thing before, so. Oh yeah. You know, we were talking yesterday, and you mentioned something about you know, and, I, and it kind of it alluded to a thread that I recently read on uh, Heli Freak, something about the ultimate uh, noob mistake. Did you you did that here recently, didn't you? Just like this last week, wasn't it? It was like yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or what? Was it, yesterday, right? It was it was yesterday. Yeah. It, it, so we we all, we all know what the ultimate new mistake is, right? Yeah. Buying a helicopter in the first place. Yeah. But the, oh, sec- yeah, but the second ultimate new mistake, I got it in video. It. That's the sad part. It's got to put it on oh. YouTube. Oh, get it on YouTube, man. We need a link. We oh, yeah. need to put it up on the show notes. Yeah. So what uh, what we're what we're referring to, guys, and I'm sure most every one of us can relate to it. It's kind of a rite of passage, uh, not putting it in idle up when you go to do inverted flight. Right off the deck. Right off the deck. Tell me this though. Here's the here's the here's the question. Is that the first time that's ever happened to you? Uh, it's been a few years. It's, it's but it's happened to you before. Yeah, yeah. Except before I so, didn't have the so, same results. You are pretty thick, man. Your skull's pretty thick, man. Uh, it's got to support my. It's got to support my my long horns, you know. Yeah, you, go. <laughs> you know. It, yeah. It happened. I, you know, kind of got distracted and wasn't paying attention, and you know, it happens. So you're from, you're from Tech. You're from Texas, right? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Are you familiar with Sam Houston State College? Yes, Sam Houston Should State be, University, just right up the right road there. from me. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a little pissed off. At you Texas people right now, because my uh, University of Montana Grizzlies semifinal champions, the Division One AA college NCAA finals, 
course, the University of Montana has got a pretty solid program, but Sam Houston's got an incredible program this year, undefeated. Grizzlies show up, your damn Texans beat them, took them out of the championship, took them out of the race for the championship. Hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm not happy. You're, so you're from Texas, therefore I have to hate you. I'm sorry. It's, it's just guilt by association. Do you need a hug, Dan? Rob will go over to give you one if you need one. Rob does that on a regular basis anyway. Yeah, I give you a man, the the over the internet man hug. Yeah, yeah. You know he he makes sure to do the to do the the pat because if there you don't you do the pat then it then then it's the wrong. Then it's the yeah, then it's awkward. <laughs> then it gets awkward. So Let you me, know while while you're bashing me on my 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 new mistake, you know the the positive to it is I've been practicing you know doing pyros upright and pyros inverted and you know controlling orientation, and and what I realized. Not to not to get off topic, back on topic or anything, but when I realized that you know, whoops, I screwed up, and I'm like, all right, don't panic, and you know, what's the worst that can happen? And you know, I was like, all right, well, let's put it in idle up and just go from there. Of course, you know, as it's getting its uh, steam back up, um, the uh, heli starts pirouetting, you know, and I was like, ooh, the tail's kind of getting close to the ground. So I, I just flew the pyro out and kind of climbed out inverted, and Eric was like, man, you know, I, I think. Uh, I think I would have probably panicked. I was like, "Yeah, just a helicopter." So, so you kind of made it look like you knew what you were doing, then? No, I just kind of somehow managed to pull off an "oh crap." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta do that sometimes. Well, Dude. it's like when those guys were watching me. To the uninitiated, they'll watch that and they'll be like, "That was a sweet trick." Little do they know, you've got a streak in your britches. <laughs> yeah, Eric, Eric pretty much admitted that uh, he did that for both of us. What was it nice. you told me? What was it you told me yesterday, Rob? I had uh, cojones of granite. <laughs> yes, the cojones of granite. Well, you know, guys, uh, for me personally, I I've never been able to pull out an oh shit moment. If I go into an oh shit, it's I might as well just let go of the sticks and let it happen because it's never. I'm not going to be able to pull it out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I said pull it out. <laughs> Sounds like an old you, Delta you commercial. You, you wait too long on pull out, and then it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> Then you end up with kids. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That's a whole other topic, isn't it? <laughs> hey, I want to give a quick shout-out to a guy that I got a PM from. Um, okay. There is a guy on Heli Freak. His name is Bruce. Uh, username is Pappy Power, and I got a little bit of a story behind that, too. That's kind of a strange name. But this guy, he, he sent me a PM. Oh, Cricket Head's at it again. Meow. Headbutt the wall that? there, or what? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, yep. I heard that. Oh, yeah. shit. She, she's Sound fighting like my with crash the today. Well, she's <laughs> fighting with the Christmas tree, and she oh. won. So, she went yeah. that time? Yeah, the tree's sitting on its side right now. So. Awesome. <laughs> um, so anyway, Bruce sends me a, a PM. He goes, hey, man, I'm new to helis and new to the nation, and I just thought I'd say, hey, I heard you're an RN, and what you know, I am a registered mm-hmm. nurse. He goes, I am as well. And I just wanted to say, dude, I sent him a PM, but I, you know, just, hey, dude, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that you've joined the ranks of the RC Heli Initiated. And his signature, or his name, Pappy Power, he explains it in his signature. He says that his kids, he says, yeah, I know it's a silly name, but my, ki- my kids did it for me. So that explains that. That's the, cute. That's yeah. cool. So shout out to you, Bruce. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the RC Heli Nation world. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, send them to Rob because I really don't know how to answer questions. <laughs> Especially if they're questions about crashing. Oh, wait. I just – never mind. Dude, I don't ever crash. Ever. 
except for that one time. And then, then <laughs> and that then other, time. other time after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that other time. Yeah. There's, there's been a few, I guess. So I, I kind of had a, like a, not a crash, but a, like an almost mess up today. I came in off that X5 flight where those kids were watching. Mm-hmm. And I I brought it down like back flying backwards and I flipped the throttle hold and just to come in for like a little mini auto from like 30 feet up and just kind of slide I was gonna slide the skids and just kind of land backwards and slide um, and I did that and then your your standard fly barless controller low head speed tiny bit of cyclic happened to me and because I was sideways instead of tail end and started tipping to one side I was like oh shit oh shit and I tried to pull it back but it was too late <laughs> so I got a just a teeny bit of blade scrape on the ground and. So it just basically just scrapes some paint off the tips or whatever of the blades. But I'm glad it wasn't Dan's bird. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it were my bird, it would have been a hell of a more than a blade than a blade scrape. <laughs> he is an overachiever. He is an overachiever. Well, I think it's probably time for some news, huh? No, 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 news of the day. It's so good stuff. <laughs> yes. Opinion, just stop sniffing your ass and listen to RC Heli Nation. Yes, Pinion does love RC Heli Nation, but he also loves sniffing his ass. Yes. I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, but I have some news. Yeah? Okay, what you got? Yeah, the podcast gods are definitely hating on us tonight. Yes, <laughs> that they are. We are just struggling with technical difficulty left and right, but we are back. Uh, we all know about Bobby Watts. He's uh, changed his affiliations. He's no longer with Miniature Aircraft. Yes, I heard that. That is craziness. I, I tell you, I don't know, I, you know, I've heard some rumors, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're just rumors, so we're not really going to go into that. But I can tell you, well, that must have been a hard decision for Bobby, you know, considering the release of the Whiplash just happened. That's craziness, man. That, that a lot of work went into that. I can imagine that yeah. was a tough call. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely a lot of time invested. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rob, what do you got? You got any news? I got a couple of pieces of news, one about a monkey and one about a little red box. Hey, did you get that test back from the doctor yet? No, I'm not telling is it is it contagious? That's all I need to know. <laughs> Dude, it's going viral. Okay. So you better watch out. How about helicopter news? You got anything uh, RC helicopter news related? Yeah, Dalcon's out. That's nice. Cool. Yes, not to be confused with Falcon. Uh, I was just going <laughs> <laughs> no, to ask. Bobby Watts invention, that Dalcon lighting system, uh, is yeah. out. Heli wholesalers carrying it uh, or distributing it, I guess, but... So it looks like he's basically made it a turnkey deal here. You don't have to solder anything. Uh, basically, you just plug and play it, you know, zip tie it to your helicopter where you want it. What I think is really cool about it is it comes with some software. It's like a multi-track audio editor where you get a bunch of tracks, but the tracks are for uh, the lighting over time, right? And so you can bring in your musics and then line up where you want the lights to blink and how you want them to blink throughout an entire flight or over a whole song or mix or whatever you know and uh and then it'll just play it back you know it'll start you can have it start at a specific time and it'll just time it to the audio yeah that's pretty cool and one thing we should mention um we did have an interview with Bert camera the other day um we posted it on our facebook page and we can tell you this there's just some speculation 
uh, if he's going to um, outrage or not. And we yeah. can confirm that as of today, it, by the time this show airs, it may change. But as of today, he's not going to outrage. So nope. Nope. We'll have to wait and see. We are going to be doing an interview with him here in a few days, so uh, we'll try to poke him for some information. Yeah, sure. I heard he's going to Rob's Fancy Heli Flying Club. Now I'm going to make him the treasurer. You know, it's um, kind of a little-known fact that, um, and a lot of people don't realize this, but um, I pretty much taught Bobby all he knows. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm if I suggest that he go to Rob's Fancy Helicopter Flying Club, that he probably will. Sweet. That's good. Yeah, nice. How about you, Brian? You got anything? I've got a tidbit from the uh, RCA side. Um, talked to Cliff this morning, and it looks like our production is almost complete on our new three-axis gyro, and uh-huh. all of the uh, the testing that has been done, uh, it's going to be on par as far as performance and quality of the beast exchanges and the V bars. However, cool. it's going to be a wonderful price point gyro. Would you like to know what the price point is going to be? It's fitty. No, it's going to be it's going to be right at a Benji. That ain't too bad. That's not too yeah, bad. Not too bad. So hundred bucks, man. Yeah, that's, uh... can't beat that. And the cool thing about it is the gyro is going to be like you can set it up with your computer. It's like macro based, so you can do all your programming off your PC, or you can do like the Beast X and program from your transmitter. Very nice. Nice. Yeah. I guess if it's not uh, big and bulky, I might give it a try. It's supposed to be about the same size as a B-Stex. But it's not going to say B-Stex? No, it's uh, not going to say B-Stex because it's That's not a B-Stex. It's going to be an RC <laughs> you know, not exclusive. Oh, well, you know, hey, I've got two B-Stexes. Do you want me to just take stickers off one and send it to you? No, but you could send me the whole unit. That'd be cool. You can keep the sticker, Brad. Just send <laughs> it off. Yeah, you, yeah, you can <laughs> <keep the> <laughs> well, What if I take everything out of the case and... Yeah. Work with yeah, me just, here, guys. Just just take the sticker and send me the unit. <laughs> I'm happy with See, that. See, Brian, what we should do is we should stuff one of those in a, a V-bar case and then send that to Dan and see what he says about that. Like, why did you send me a V-bar? Ew. And it'd be like, <laughs> um, no, dude, actually, it's an undercover gyro that was done by RC Aerodyne. It's stealthy. We gotta teach. So, we gotta teach Danimal the ninja the ninja ways. Yeah. So tell me, does uh, has Cliff came up with a name for this bloodwater scene yet, or do we know that? He didn't tell me the name for it yet, but I know it's gonna be uber cool. Is it gonna be something like Cliff's super awesome fly burless unit thingamabobber? You know, that's the one thing I've noticed about Cliff is he's not a he's not a kind of like you know out there kind of guy like putting himself. So I mean, it's probably gonna be something catchy, you know, like. You know, like the Ninja fly wireless controller. I don't know. Yeah. The Sven. Maybe it'll be just... The Sven. The Sven will make the spins very nice. (laughs) Not to have the paddle on the top. The Sven will roll flip very fast and stop very fast. Is this all we we have for news, guys? Sven. That was the news I had. I got another cool piece of news. Oh, yeah? Gowie's releasing a new quad controller called the GU... INS. It's going to incorporate GPS receivers built into it, so it'll be able to do, uh, you can set up waypoints. Uh, it'll be able to pick uh, altitude and orientation and stick, you know, so if it's windy or whatever, it can do what it's got to do to set itself in one 
coordinate, XYZ coordinate or whatever. So something new they're putting out for that uh, the GU5, I guess it's the 500, the larger size quad copper that they've got or whatever. But uh, So I don't know, that might be kind of interesting. You know, aerial photography guys would probably like that. Um, we were talking with uh, uh, Bert and, and Sean and those other guys and stuff, and we got on the subject of aerial photography. So this would be, a, 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 I think, a, a pretty appropriate thing to put on a quadcopter because then if you carry in a heavy camera or something like that, you can you can park the thing in the same place and face it in the same direction every time. So you can take a bunch of takes and always be in the same spot. So that's pretty sweet that they're, that they're getting on the whole uh, GPS bandwagon, I guess. So, Rob, do you need me to explain to you the hierarchy? It, it goes it goes helicopters. Yeah. Plan, planks. Yeah. Quad, quadcopters. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I know you've seen some of these videos of some of these quads doing some amazing things. You've seen some of those lab videos, right, of the quadcopters aggressively flying around in that net cage. You've seen those videos? Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I've yeah, where, they, where they'll land on a wall. Or they'll like land on an inverted wall a little bit, or fly through a slit in the wall, or multiples of them will. And this is all autonomous, mind you. This isn't somebody controlling it. Or they'll be aware of each other in space and fly in formation. Now you can't tell me that's cool as shit. And you can't. You also can't say that any airplane or any helicopter can do the same thing. So there. Mm-hmm. Got a question, yeah. Mister uh, Mister Empire Field Rep? What's that? So this this new this new Gowie gyro that's like yeah. you know. Supposed to be user intuitive and all that, and like awesomeness and stuff, right? With the GPS. So, for the guys that live in, say, I don't know, Brainerd, Minnesota, is there a collision avoidance system like attached to it where you avoid trees? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll have to get them to program it with a light sensor, and it can uh, detect large amounts of the color green and and just veer in the opposite direction of of where it's going. Maybe. That would be sweet. A little late, but sweet. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious. So I don't know. Do, do you guys uh, do you guys ever order anything from Tower Hobbies? Uh, one time I ordered a Robinson Racing pinion for my Gowie 550 because I couldn't get them anywhere else. But other than that, no, because I'm confused by how their website's laid out. I think the last time I ordered something from Tower is when I was building my little electric fueler for my uh, now no longer having nitro helis. Why? Well, they got some new hotness out there. Well, yeah, here's the thing. I, you know what? I don't know if you guys have noticed, but um, helicopters are getting more popular, more, a little more mainstream. I was looking through a Tower Hobbies catalog today because I, I have ordered from them in the past, and occasionally I will order from them. I hate, I hate buying stuff from Tower Hobbies, but yeah, um, I just, I, I just couldn't help but notice that they're really upping their helicopter availability and. Uh, for those of you who are interested, they got more brands or what? Well, you know they they did they recently brought on Thunder Tiger, but you know they are also um, they deal in Futaba stuff. I'm not a Futaba guy, but yeah, yeah. I saw the 750 there. They have it on a three pay three easy pay system. They call it for 105 dollars a month. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. So those of you who are interested, and if you don't mind, you know dealing with Tower Hobbies, like you know I absolutely hate to do. You know, and, and the same thing goes, you know, they got all the servos and whatnot. But anyway, I was just kind of bringing that up because I was kind of surprised to see, you know, just in their inventory in their catalog. It used to be you'd open it up and there'd be like one half of a page. Yeah, it was for all, helicopters, like, yeah. We had an interview the other day uh, with Cliff Turnville from RC Aerodyne, www.scaleflying.com. It was a great interview. Of course, Brian, you're affiliated with, with uh, Cliff. 
Yep, yep. And um, I learned a lot about uh, scale stuff. Yeah, way more than I thought I would, yeah. Yeah, he was a good guy. So we're going to go ahead and play that now, and we will be back on the other side. So enjoy. Mike, the interview currently. This is Pinion inviting you to listen to RC Heli Nation episode number 15, where Bert Kammerer makes some outrageous claims. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We have Cliff from RC Aerodyne with us today. Hey, Cliff, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Uh, you know, fair to Midland. It's morning. It's cold. It's winter. Yeah, what, what can you do? Can I say? Yeah. yeah, I'm happy. It hasn't rained here for the past two or three days, so that's good. <laughs> that's pretty. That. That's pretty rare for your neck of the woods, isn't it? <laughs> Seattle, it rains a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's the uh, it's the type of rain where you don't know whether to turn your windshield wipers on or off most of the time. So <laughs> you know, it's usually cold, miserable dreary rain and you know there's a reason why there's a starbucks on every corner here because uh. <laughs> you, know, you get up in the morning it's dark and you, you by the time you go home at 4 30 or 5 it's already starting to get dark so wasn't too long ago we had brian on the show he's one of your sponsored pilots and a hell of a guy represented you and your company well the chaos line and rc aerodyne really well kind of inspired us to get in touch with you and see if you'd like to come on the show and uh you graciously agreed and we appreciate that for our listeners who aren't aware, RC Aerodyne kind of got its start with the scale model, and it? it only it not only deals in helicopters, but also what we like to refer to as planks. There is an interesting story on how RC Aerodyne got started, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, my, our our main business is not uh, helicopters and and airplanes. It's uh, automotive refinished products. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Air tools, spray guns, uh, sanding equipment, and that's what uh, I've been doing since, gosh, you know, my, well, my father actually started the company, and I've just been kind of working with him since uh, early high school, even even junior high. I remember when I was, what, seven years old, I'd be sweeping the floors at the shop and things like that, but uh, we've always been in the importing business, mm-hmm. and yeah, I guess... You could say I travel. I travel overseas quite a bit, and it just happened that, you know, I was on a trip in China, and there was a hobby expo there. And, you know, my my passion is I've always done everything RC, anything that has to do with uh, remote control, anything related is <laughs> it draws me. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, you know, of course I'm in town. There's the hobby, the Shanghai Hobby Expo. I gotta go see this, and so. Mm-hmm. I went, got a pass, and and got in, and you know I had I had kind of previously uh, looked on eBay, and I wanted to order some uh, scale helicopter fuselage, and as I saw that there was this uh, new product out there, and it was a an Augusta, and there was an AS350, and it had really cool scale landing gear, and it had rivets molded into it, but I just didn't want to order it because I knew it was coming from China, and. You know, what type of support do you get? And if it got damaged, who's going to take care of that? And, you know, the the big thing that people are concerned about is ordering stuff from China. And if it gets damaged, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to be out the the money that they paid for it? And so that kind of detours a lot of people. And, you know, by example, that detoured my purchase. But I just happened to be going to the Hobby Expo, and I ran into the this small little booth, and I ran into the factory that was there, and I said, hey, you know, can I, can you ship me one or two? I really wanted to order one, but I wasn't sure, and now that I see it, you know, they're gorgeous. 
I just want to order one. And he says, well, you know, really, I'm sorry we can't do that. We're looking for dealers and distributors and stuff. And I mean, that made sense because that's that's what they're there for. And I was kind of discouraged. And he says, but, you know, if you order a container of these, we'll make sure that you're, you know, we'll make you the exclusive dealer in the U.S. And I said, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. I'm not, I can't <laughs> order a 20-foot container of these. And I, I kind of walked away and looked at the rest of the show and went back to my hotel. Well, I went back to the hotel and it just kind of bothered me, you know. I mean, if I don't do it, I'm sure somebody else is going to do it. And if the factory allows me to be the only person to sell these, I think I might be able to do something with it. You know, the next day I went back and I talked to him a little bit more and uh, I was there for a while. You know, usually when I when I go to China, I'm there for maybe a week to 10 days, but uh, I just got more interested in it and I started thinking about it and I'd stay up late because of the jet lag and decided, okay, maybe I can do this because at that point, I was really spending a lot of money. On, uh, maybe this is not common for other guys too, but I was spending a lot of money on on my RC hobbies and stuff. Oh no, nobody Ooh. does that. Yeah, no. <laughs> must have been the only one. That's almost, rare. <laughs> yeah. Almost to the point where you know, my wife at one point did mention, you know, you spend so much money on these things. Why didn't you try to make some money doing this? I kind of heard that echoing in my mind as I was thinking about this in the hotel, and I, you know, I went back and talked to him a little bit more and. And uh, from there, you know, I wound up ordering a, <laughs> I think it was a 20-foot <laughs> container. And, I, and, and he only had maybe four or five different models. And what I had to do was I had to ask him to paint it in different versions. You know, the Augusta 109, they make it in other paint schemes, military, uh, Coast Guards, and things like that. So I turned a four or five uh, product SKUs into, I think it was 17. And so I kind of broaden made it made a company out of that and i uh put up a website and everything and were you working with your dad at this time yeah um because I, I got one th one thought is running through my mind you know you come home and you're like so yeah dad i uh yeah. ordered a container of rc helicopters i hope you don't mind <laughs> yeah you're like, they, what the hell yeah they, well you know the the warehouse is here it's it's the warehouse that holds all of the air tools and spray guns and our aftermarket parts. So yes, I did. I did consult with him. That you know, my parents have been very supportive of this whole endeavor. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, and that's kind of how how all that have, has gotten started. So you know, with with just those seventeen fuselages, um, and I got customers asking, hey, you know, we need rotor heads, and do you have mechanics and servos and things? And so the the need to have to carry those things to support the fuselages has kind of grown into what we have now, and that's, you know, RC Aerodynes. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you have a fairly broad selection right now. I mean, it's you pretty much go front to back and, and get yourself everything you need for a scale build, you know, a nice winter project. That's pretty cool. I'd like to, I'd like to carry everything that someone would need to, you know, get a project and do a winter build instead of having to go to three or four different sources, so... Well, I was looking through the uh, web page, in fact, just last night because, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm looking at doing a winter project uh, here shortly after the first of the year. And, oh, man, a guy could spend a lot of time thinking about it because you have a lot of absolute beautiful, beautiful scale uh, helicopters on that site. Well, thank you. I, I you know, uh, and I'm searching through the Internet, and I always do this, seeing what else is out there. But I think that... When, uh, what was this, maybe three or four months ago, I had counted. We had about a, over 130 different 
paint styles and types of fuselages and, and things like that. And it's uh, it's grown a lot quicker than I thought it would. So I'm pretty happy with how things are, especially in this economy. What I like about what you offer and, and, and other sites offer it as well, but I think you have kind of a large selection. But, you know, generally when people think scale helicopters, you know, they have a tendency to think military. And, you know, and, and that's really not my thing. I'm, I'd love the civilian everyday helicopters that we've seen since we were little kids, you know, uh, the bells and stuff like that. And you've got a ton of those. I love the bell products. Uh, the MD 500 styles are one of our most popular helicopters and it's one of the most easiest installs, but I kind of got two different customers. I got the guy that loves the Cobra, loves the Apache and has to has the Huey military style. And then there's guys that just, because they're, they see it more often. They see Mm -hmm. the, uh, medical helicopters or just the, the regular civilian jet rangers out there, that that's, that's what they want as well. So there's a broad spectrum of the customers out there. Oh, yeah. And then you got the old uh, the guys going nostalgic with Magnum PI like myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah hey, I'm, I'm going to get me one of those and, 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 and do, the same, do the same paint job in the whole nine. And I would watch that show just to see the Ferrari or the or TC's uh, helicopter. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's nice. Uh, you know, because you do get a little bit of nostalgia because you've got that Magnum uh, yeah. helicopter yeah. on your site. Yeah, I am working on trying to figure out how I can get the little figure with the mustache and the short, tight jean shorts to fit inside <laughs> that Magnum helicopter. <laughs> you know? and, and the khaki top and the khaki top that's only buttoned up to your belly button with the furry chest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There yep. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have the GI Joes and the model paint. So you're you're dealing with these um, these scale helicopters, and for the most part, they they're designed to fit initially designed to fit in like T Rex mechanics because that's the pretty pretty popular right pod and boom helicopter. Yep. Is that where the chaos uh, line kind of introduces itself? Into you know, with just carrying the fuselages, I had a huge gap in my product line, meaning that customers would get the fuselage and they would ask me, hey, you know, what do we put in it? And I'd have to tell, you know, it, they're all designed for the Align T-Rex helicopters. Some of them were designed also for the, the Thunder Tiger products as well. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, even, even other companies, most of those fuselages are designed for the Align products. And... You know, those when we first came out, even the raised the the big problem was the raised tail issue, and that meant that you had to have a you know belt driven helicopter because that's what the factories were producing. Because that was, I think, basically their first design was you know a T Rex six hundred with the belt driven tail. Yep. yep. And as my business progressed, they came out with that the ESP version and the torque tubes and things like that. Well. Uh, you know, the factories were not quick to change over. And when Align discontinued the belt-driven helicopter, I was really at a loss because I had all this inventory of some of these fuselages that required a helicopter to be belt-driven. You know, not to mention just that I didn't carry any mechanics for my helicopters, period. And, uh, you know... I had spoken with uh, the factory that, uh, you know, everybody knows the HK600. Mm-hmm. And I had actually purchased a bunch of those when they came out myself from, from uh-huh. Hobby King. 
And I went through it, and you know, you do have to spend a little bit of money to to change a few parts and to get things going. But overall, I thought it was a decent kit. But uh, I kind of wanted something more, and I kind of wanted a helicopter that guys didn't have to change out parts and things like that. So I was on yeah. the hunt, and you know, now I was going to these shows in China all the time. There's, you know, basically three or four big ones in China a year, and I ran into this factory. Um, that was producing what is now the Chaos Line helicopters, and at that time it was very difficult to find anyone making a 600 machine. They're all 450s, and we've all seen the 450 clones, and they, you know, I've seen the, I haven't seen a higher end one, but I've seen the the good ones, I guess, <laughs> and yeah. I've seen the really bad ones. But just as I was walking up towards the、uh, booth. Uh, and I saw this helicopter. I'm like, initially, I immediately recognized that this was a a line helicopter, you know, and didn't say a line. And I looked up the name, and it was a some factory name. And I talked to the guy, and I was very excited because I could tell just by picking it up and looking at it that the quality was outstanding compared to what was on the market. I I couldn't believe it. So.、Uh, You know, working on a deal, he had sent me some samples, and、uh, I basically went to all my friends and all my all the pilots that I know, and I said, "Hey, look at this sample that this factory sent me. It's a good start." But I know, and you guys know, we've all taken our T-Rex helicopters and modified them and put in carbon push rods and and upgraded this and that. What if we could take this helicopter and implement all those changes into this helicopter? Everybody was on board, so you know I'm like, send me the emails. How do we upgrade? What would we change? You know, if you had an align, what would you do to it, or what have you done to it? And you know, we took all those changes and we implemented it, and, and I was very happy because this factory was so willing to improve and make this helicopter better. A lot of the factories that I deal with are just not willing to change anything. They've already spent the money on tooling and and all this stuff, but this factory was.、Uh, Was great to work with. They've made all of our changes that we've wanted, and it and it's kind of basically resulted into this end product, which we call the Chaos Helicopter. And and initially, I really wanted this helicopter just for my customers that, you know, wanted to put it in their scale fuselage. And、uh, you know, to, for a customer that just wants to sport scale fly or even hover, to have to go out and buy、um, a Super combo kit because that's all you can get now. Yeah, yeah. For a thousand dollars or whatever it was at the time, I think you know when they first came out, they're probably more than a thousand dollars. It's very difficult for a guy who just wants to put it in an MD500 and hover. You know these these、yeah. line helicopters are made to do the most craziest things. They hover upside down. They do TikToks and all these things, but that's、mm-hmm. not what most of my customers wanted to do, and they didn't want to spend the money. So. I was very happy to to finally find a a、uh, factory that would do this and do it affordably.、So. Yeah, it's it's cool that they were able to work with you like that. And you know, starting off just trying to find something that you can put inside your fuselages, I think it's it's fairly interesting to see that this line has actually turned into something that that people are purchasing for for performance flying as well. well that's, you know, yeah, that's the that's the other side of it. You know, half of my friends are scale guys; the other half are. 3D pilots and they don't talk to each other, but I took all of the information that I got from my friends and I put it in here. And it, it's, you know, originally like I'm trying to explain, it was designed or we imported it for our scale helicopters because there was a huge need for that. But、yeah. I was very surprised to see that 
you know, the Chaos helicopter has really taken off. And you can see some of the videos on our website on on how well they hold up under yep. under some of the conditions that our customers put them through. So. <laughs> what are your feelings on the word clone? Uh, you know, I think it's it probably has a bad rap because I I I kind of consider myself a customer like you guys more versus like a a manufacturer almost because I've purchased plenty of the 450s and the 500s. And I've seen the bad, and I've seen the okay, and uh, I think that it has to relate to who's buying the product or who's importing the product too. You know, in the uh, air tool business and in the automotive business, you know, you got these big companies going overseas saying, hey, we want this, and we want it cheap, and we want it. We don't need this. We don't need that. I just need it to cost 20 bucks. And right. so the factory does whatever they need to do to produce this item at the $20. Well, you know, it's ultimately the buyer's responsibility of that company to approve the quality, to test it, and to make sure that it's suitable for for use. You know, I think it happens in any industry, really. You get somebody, I mean, look at, you go on eBay and just type in spy cam and see how many hundreds of different types of spy cams you can get, a lot of which look the same but have different titles on them and stuff like that. So people are finding some product they can get dirt cheap and then sell at a markup and just push it and move on, push it and move on, you know, without even thinking about it. It's just, they're just trying yeah. to turn well, cash, I think you know? one of the biggest issues, which we haven't talked about, is even though, you you know, you got less expensive or substandard parts, you know, these helicopters, you know, 450, they're dangerous. And if you don't, if you're not concerned about it and you're just out there concerned about the price, you know, one of these blades can fling off or, yeah. or mm-hmm. some, something can go out of control and, and you could you could hurt somebody. So I, I try to pay attention to those things. I don't want to hear that a customer calls and says, hey, you know, because you didn't pay attention to this, something happened and it, you know, ran into my daughter or something. I, I do <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, a lot of the companies don't do that. They just see a price. And they they import it and and then they blow it out other website and maybe they don't make too much but uh, that's kind of how I've seen some of the products go yeah but with the clone the clone whole clone thing I mean I call it a variant but initially it wasn't to bring the chaos helicopter in to take anything away from the 3D market it was to support our helicopter fuselages now <laughs> it's just kind of grown from there well and you carry. Uh, you sell a line helicopters right alongside the Chaos helicopter, so it's not like you're trying to corner some sort of market or directly right. compete with that brand. One, one question that, that uh, I've seen pop up, and we've seen recently here on Helifreak, especially some threads that have to do with with clones and, and the, you know, the selling of helicopters that were designed by another company. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, a lot of people are saying that people who are manufacturing what what what, what some consider clones, mm-hmm. essentially they can sell them at a reduced price because they didn't pay for the research and development of that particular helicopter. Do you right. think there's a distinction there? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't get into that conversation too much. Um, again, I, I found a factory that made this product that works great with our fuselages. I know it's grown, but my my kind of my take after that is we're designing or trying to design helicopters now that are really not anything close to a uh, 
Thunder Tiger or T Rex, but they deal, do they do still fit in our fuselages. I would kind of like to get away from that. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to take some time, uh, especially with our new scale mechanics that are designed to fit, you know, up in the doghouse and in the rear. So you got the whole empty shell to detail for the cockpit. The other half of that, addressing the 3D guys, is uh, we are working on a helicopter that is our own. That uh, is our own side, you know, side frames and mounting hardware and uh, different size, where, you know, uh, different drive system as well. Like, I don't want to get too deep into that, but I, mm-hmm. I would like to get out of that uh, whole mystique, I guess. I mean, there is a there is a reason why we carry the chaos, but you know, I am thinking to to change a lot of that stuff in the future. Well, you know, and I think that's kind of the the good thing about our Sierra Diane. I mean, you know, you guys started out as a you know you do scale models. You needed to find uh, a way to implement mechanics into your helicopters and i think that's kind of a that's a good distinction between i think just your typical person that is you know i've got four of or three of these these uh these junk uh clones that you you were talking about earlier these 450s they're like 20 bucks a pop or something crazy. yeah yeah like 20 dollars for a complete kit with battery and everything i mean come right. on what you know what i'm saying so i guess you know that what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that's good in that you know, you had a need, and you felt, and you you filled it by, you know, sourcing out. Because, like you said, who wants to buy a six hundred dollar scale or fuselage, right? And then then turn around and have to buy a whole another kit that they, you know they're not going to use, but but you know, sixty percent right. of it. So, yeah. yeah. But again, they, you know, there are some uh, there are some distinct distinct changes that we've done to kind of set ourselves aside, even within the chaos line. Um, you know, the frames are, are wider. They're a little beefier. Um, uh, that allows you to stick the bigger motors in without having to cut the side frames. Uh, there are a lot of upgrades and material upgrades in that kit as well that aren't necessarily associated with other man- other major manufacturers. So. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, and we're, we're still going to be changing the products even more there's going to be you know we will have the chaos line and and uh, they will still fit in our fuselages but uh we will it's an ongoing process as far as making more changes and things we're always always changing but that is also separate from our what i'm doing with the 3d side of it there's some completely separate changes and uh, drastic uh, drivetrain changes that are coming in the near future for for the 3D side of it. Let's, uh, I know you don't want to go into detail about your new project. Brian told us you were going to call it the Thor. Is that still, uh, is that? (laughs) Well, the the name's been thrown around. I haven't officially decided on that. And and to be honest, you know, in the development of this helicopter, you got to call it something. Mm -hmm. Um, I just haven't offici- I haven't made it official because that's really the the name of the helicopter is kind of the last thing that I worry about. I'm really trying to get the factories on a certain schedule and and get a lot of these uh, new improvements actually implemented so I can touch it, feel it, improve it, and get the guys flying the helicopter for approval. So the the name, the packaging, the whole uh, uh, mystique of the helicopter usually comes. How far along are you in that process? Uh we're probably going to be doing some uh, 
some flights on the helicopter maybe next week, in the next week or two, I guess. I, I can't give you a date on when it would be released, even if I knew that, because I'm really terrible at this game. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> new products that are coming out of out of China. There's always delays. There's always changes, and mm-hmm. so you know, you you get a sample in and you fly it, and you thought everything was perfect, and and something fails. You, you got to go back and change it. Brian seemed to be pretty excited about it. Uh, of course, you know, he didn't have any details he doesn't have any yet i have a question about the scale stuff i put together an uh, md500 on my galley 200 last winter and because the tail on that one is you know on that helicopter it's it's a high tail right um and on an md500 yeah yeah and, and at least for my galley 200 maybe it's just the way the frame is designed or something uh, galley actually had to create an like some sort of intermediary belt system that would raise my that i could raise the tail in the frame Right, oh, so that when right. I put it in the fuselage, that the tail will actually—it's belt. The tail will actually get down the the tail where it belongs, you know, in the scale, I guess, version of it. But um, is that something that you have to do with any of these kits, or is there some sort of a um, and like an add-on or something a guy could get if they have a frame that just won't put the tail down the fuselage where it needs to be, or is that something well, you guys have to deal with at all? You know, if you look at the profile of the Align helicopter. If you look at it from the side, that the way the helicopter is designed, and, and most of them, you know, I think Thunder Tiger is pretty pretty much the same. Is the tail output drive is pretty high. Yeah. Yep. And that conforms very well to the civilian side of the the helicopters. Sure. Uh, you look at an MD500, that tail is pretty high. Uh, AS350, the Jet Rangers are all a higher boom uh, tail. When you look at the military helicopters, say like an Apache, a Blackhawk, you know they basically are running right off the bottom of the of the fuselage, and they don't get raised until the very end portion of that fuselage. So that makes it very difficult when you try to stick a uh, you know a, a Chaos or a Line helicopter in a military fuse because you got the indifference there, and uh, there there's reasons why you know they first came out with belt because the belt can be routed downwards and up. And then we switched to flex drive, you know, flex drive just like on a on a boat, you know, oh, it can sure. be bent. Yeah. Um, now we're doing torque tube and uh, special scale side frames where the the frames uh, actually reposition a T Rex or a Chaos machine, like even the transmission to a different point in the fuselage, so it does drop down the tr- transmission. And then you have the torque tube, and then, then the kit comes with like a special gearbox, the 45-degree angle gearbox in the back. And then it's sure. got a little short torque tube that goes up to the top for the raised tail system. Huh. Uh, it, you know, it really kind of depends on the helicopter. And so we get a lot of calls on that, and uh, we really try to steer people in the right direction. But it, it again, really depends on the helicopter itself and the, and the machine that you have. Sure. Well, and, and you guys are able to do... Essentially, help a person out with, um, I guess, what you could call like a, a turnkey setup, where you know, like, it's like a guy like me, I'm really interested in scale, but, um, you know, just like the question I just asked you, there are certain things I wouldn't know about it that I could end up delaying my build because I'll get all this stuff in front of me. I go, um, okay, right. now what about this area? Oh shoot, now I got to call somebody back and make another right. order, and now I got to, you know, and I think that's. Uh, and and that's something I've noticed with other not not always with everybody, but for the most part with, I guess if you call it um, 
maybe like boutique type shops such as yourself it's it's i have a lot more luck being able to get some sort of personal interaction mm-hmm. out of something like that rather than just staring at a website and clicking buy on my card and never talking to anybody or, or just hoping for the best right well we try we try our best to to get to all the phones and the emails and things like that but yeah if you if you get me on the phone or if you get rob one of the guys here on the phone you know we'll spend as much time as we need to either explain it to you or or build a helicopter um over the phone for you with all the components that you need so that's a great selling point because you know i mentioned a few shows ago that i started a scale project once well got a scale project and ended up having to send it back because all i got was this box of of parts and it was a uh seeking i guess is what we decided what it was yeah and uh no instructions and and all these funky looking parts for the tail because it has that 45 degree tail thing at the end you know and i was just like wow i you know i don't even i don't even know what i don't even know what to do i ended up sending it back but you know when a guy considers a scale project that for people who are used to kind of just building uh pod and boom 3d machines it sometimes can seem like a daunting task and well you know i did my first scale project when i was 14 and uh it's come a long way but it's not like building a uh, helicopter you know the helicopters are designed you you bolt it everything fits perfectly and you got the instruction manual, which tells you to the millimeter on how to set everything. Where, you know, when I was doing scale fuselages, there was a lot of sanding, cutting, fitting, making formers, and massaging things to fit into a fuselage. And it's it's not as bad now. And I'm really trying to get out of that. I'm trying to change a lot of those things. Um, some of our fuselages are basically winter builds, uh, but some of them are are. Uh, you can do it probably in in a, in a weekend, yeah. and uh, I'd like to eventually get to the point where all of our fuses, fuselages are like that, um, and that's kind of what we're doing with all the new ones. Is uh, everything is designed to fit perfectly with your helicopter? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and I think there's a fair amount of. I mean, the the modeler and all of us. I think you know, there, if somebody is in the of the mindset where they want to get into a project like this, I think there's there's room for some of that anyway you know the tinkering side of us you know like for myself like the little one that i did was designed that the fuselage was made by Gowie, designed to go on that bird so it was fairly simple to put together but there was a small amount of sanding here filing there you know right. adjusting this or that to make it work and you know i had i had fun doing that i mean i think that if i had to spend 75 percent of my time in the build modifying things to build it i'd probably lose interest and go off and fly my pot and boom you know what i mean but, right. Um, so making those improvements is good, I think. Is, is there a correlation, do you think, between those of us who are, have experience with with building stick balsa kits and being, you know, able to handle kind of a extensive scale project? I mean, is there a lot of similarities? Because you know, there's a lot of that same stuff going on with with uh, balsa kits as well. Yeah, you know, the the stick balsa kits. There's still it's left up to you to shave the ends of the wings to to curve the the wingtips and things like that. So, you know, the instructions don't tell you exactly how to do all that stuff. And a lot of, not a lot, but there are some customers that if it doesn't explain it to the to the T, they're they're dead in the water. <laughs> so, if 
if you've built balsa kits, you'll have no problem doing some of the, the hard winter builds that we got. That would be easy compared to building a, a, a stick balsa type kit. Yeah, you know, I got a, I got a friend who's uh, built incredible airplanes, and he's always told me that uh, you're, you're not a modeler unless you can actually build your own, build your own models. There's, there's, there's people like the out there, and then there's people that just want a plug and play. They snaps together and, and go fly, and you know I think we got both of that uh, available for customers. You, you spend a lot of time, you know, trying to make these these scale fuselages nice. And one thing I was noticing, and we talked about it a little bit with Brian, was that uh, the hidden mechanics uh, feature that you're putting into your scale fuselage. Tell us a little bit about that. It's a it's a big deal for us because uh, I really don't know anything out there that's available uh, that that anyone can buy where it's got a uh, a clutch system basically. I don't know if if you've seen that where you're taking the electric motor and and actually putting it up against the clutch, so you get that you get the sound and then the rotor head slowly starts to spin. Um, the other feature that we're working on is just keeping everything tucked away out of sight up in the top of the doghouse or in the rear section um, so we can have a full highly detailed cockpit all the way to the back with the rear seats i mean from cup holders to door panels to ceiling air vents that's, that's great really, that's really what i want to do and that's what we're working on now so these scale these new scale mechanics which you know i estimate that we should have these available um you know by spring Mm-hmm. Uh, with our new um, fuselages, um, it's really kind of where I want to take it because I've always made these uh, helicopter, the plastic models, and I always wish, you know, you got, I got the seats in the back. It's so detailed. It just doesn't fly. It's just not enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. It looks great on my desk. It's small, and but I just want it bigger, and I want it to fly. But uh, there's nothing out there like that, and and. You know, I kind of take what I want, and I think maybe other people want it too. And after talking to people, they would, you know, I, I get the, I generate the interest, and I, I think I'm in a unique position because, like again, I feel like I'm part of being a customer, but I'm also able to make those products happen for the people that want that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in that, even if they don't get into the full detail inside at that point. The tinkerer, the, the the kind of the geeky modeler, and all of us, I think, just hearing you talk about completely relocating all of the gear, you know what I mean, is just that's intriguing unto itself, you know. So I'm I'm really excited to see how that's going to work, you know, and rather than having essentially a modified box with servos inside it, you know, and a motor. Well, the other side of it too is, you know, it's also very expensive. Helicopters themselves are very expensive, and then the Fuselages have traditionally always been very expensive. Sure. And to get the helicopter in the fuselage and to complete it and to actually get a cockpit and the joysticks and the pilots and the lights, it's outrageously expensive. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my other thing I like to do is just I want to bring down the price to get more people in the hobby and to get more people active, actively doing scale or 3D, but, you know, I want to offer a quality product that someone or most people can afford. You know, getting back to the hidden mechanics thing, I, I saw a picture on your website um, of somebody holding holding the mechanic so you can just kind of see what, what it's all about. And for those of us who are used to building pod and booms, you know, to look at that, it definitely, it's, 
it looks strange because it just doesn't feel like there's enough there. But obviously, I mean, I, you know, people will have to take a look at that picture. Maybe we'll put a picture of it in our show notes. But uh, it, I it think just... it's uh, the UH-1N uh, fuselage, the 600-size UH-1N model on our website that's really got that design implemented where everything's up on top. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, it, it uh, what a fantastic idea. And you did touch a little bit on the the clutch system uh, that you're talking about. Is that uh, is that something that's soon going to be available? Yeah. Well, uh, let me clarify. The UH-1N. You can see the pictures on our website where the it is designed for the mechanics all up on top. So what what we're offering in that kit is uh, the side frames, the special side frames, and it basically relocates everything from a T-Rex or a Chaos into these side frames, which puts everything up on top. Yeah, our, next step, our next step is to actually just completely design a machine. Uh, and these are for our larger helicopters that are coming out, but a completely redes- redesign a machine for with the clutch and uh, the adjustable tail output um, and things like that. Uh, we just didn't have room in the UH-1 to put a clutch in there. So, um, but the new ones that are coming out are the first ones are the Bell products, and uh, these are one seventh scale fuselages. So they're a decent size. Fuselage. Yeah, very big. Yeah. Um, you're looking at uh, you know 65, 70 inches, depending on the on the helicopter. But we're also doing them in a vacuum bag uh, type of process. I don't know if you've heard that, where they lay the fiberglass part and then they stick it in a bag. And they suck the excess epoxy out, but it also puts even pressure on this fiberglass part, so it's the lightest, most efficient fiberglass part you can get. Yeah, that's cool. You know, with this 65 to 70 inch length fuselage, it's so light, um, you can go three ways. We plan on doing a uh, Chaos 600. There's going to be a conversion kit where you can put a Chaos 600 in there. You can put the Chaos 700 in there. Or you could put the scale mechanics in there as well. So I'm trying to make it as versatile as possible for for people. So and and hearing you talk about the size of the helicopter in a uh, in like you said one seventh scale, I know for the as long as I've ever seen scale builds, for the most part you had to class the sizes based on the class of the regular pod and boom that would fit inside the fuselage. But with doing purpose built mechanics. You really right. can kind of get away from those kind of cookie cutter sizes, right? Right. Because you can really, at that point, you can start to build up the fuse to whatever size you really need because the mechanics are designed purposefully for that particular model anyway. Right. Uh, so that's that's very interesting. You also do scale blades there as well, right? Yes. Scale main blades. Now, are those are they much different than what we would normally be buying at uh, any other major shop or what's the what's the main difference there well the original purpose for the scale blades was uh the flexibility i guess the the design and the flexibility was because all of our our rotor heads are a rigid rotor head mm-hmm. and when you go yeah. multi-blade without the fly bar you know we really recommend you use a three-axis gyro but, uh, you know, they're really expensive. Yeah. Um, and some guys just can't afford a three-axis gyro. And so what we did was we came out with these scale flexible blades, which compensated for the rotor head being a rigid rotor head. Sure, kind of give you some of that flapping back. 
Right. Now, given that, and I do tell people, you, you know, you can't go out and really push it hard and do loops and rolls and flips and TikToks with it. But, <laughs> right. uh, you know, they, they're just kind of designed for mild to sport flying uh, without a three-axis gyro. And then uh, in the future, we will have the scale composite blades, carbon fiber blades, but uh, they are semi-symmetrical, so they do provide a lot of lift. The look is more scale as well. You know, you got your 3D blade, which is a pretty wide cord. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scale blades are a lot narrower and thinner, and it's got the semi-symmetrical profile on it. So, Well, that's pretty helps, cool. And with a multi-blade head, you know, you don't quite need as much cord anyway because you get more blades for the lift and stuff. So, Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of guys ask me, well, you know, what do we do with head speed? And, uh, you, know, you know, if you get a five-blade rotor head, and I says, well... With five blade rotor head, you don't need twenty two hundred RPMs. No, oh, no. <laughs> so really, they say really. It's like yeah, because you know you don't have two blades; you have five rotor blades lifting that helicopter now. And they think about it and they say, yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> well, you know, and some of my favorite scale builds that I've seen have been, you know, typically six hundred, maybe seven hundred class helicopters running below a thousand. You know, like eight nine hundred RPM, and they sound great. You know, yeah. and obviously you're going to be. I mean, the whole idea when you're doing that is to fly it so that it looks it like a scale version of how the real one would be flying through the air. And you never see a real one trying to do a roll or a loop right. or, or a hard stop or any of that kind of stuff. But you hear them coming around the field, and that's just. I think that's excellent. You know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know that that kind of brings me back to the whole reason I got interested in RC aircraft to begin with i mean the cool thing when back when i started planes a long time ago was because it looked like a real airplane and that's kind of kind of what i think for the most part gets those of us who are enthusiastic about rc aircraft into it because you know you see these full scales flying in the sky and you're like oh i should be flying that you know right well this is this is the next best thing and i think you know, a lot of guys are like, well, ah, geez, that's, that, that seems boring. But, you know, I, I think it probably takes quite a bit of skill to make that helicopter fly very scale-like, a lot of precise control. Yeah. I, I, I get a lot of people saying it's boring to fly scale, but, you know, it's just two different mindsets. And uh, it's, it's complete eye candy to me to see a decked-out, you know, Jet Ranger or an MD-500 with the scale blades just general sport flying around it, it looks great yeah yeah you know and well, I, I get that I get that same feeling too like even with my regular 3d capable machines I think sometimes the coolest aspect of flying it is when you bring it into a hover six feet off the ground and you just sit there and stare at it for two minutes because it's just so amazing yep that it's that it's everything's working in conjunction yeah. everything's perfect and there it is just sitting in a complete stable hover it's yeah. it's I, I could only imagine how that would just be incredible with a fully scale machine i just that would be so cool i mean i do appreciate the high technical aspect of the 3d you know the 3d flying i i guess i i can kind of go both ways you know I, I love scale and i do fly a little bit of 3d not a lot but i i can do some tiktoks and loops and rolls and things and then it's funny because you also have the airplane guys. You know, a, a good part of our business is also airplanes, and uh, it's 
you know, I go to the flying field, and the airplane guys don't necessarily talk to the helicopter guys, and the scale guys don't necessarily get mm-hmm. chat with the the 3D guys. But I love it all. You know, I wish everybody was would appreciate the uh, the sport more like that, and uh, I think we'd all get along better. But it's a uh, anything to do with RC, I I think I've just always been attracted to. Yeah, Rob and I are both bike curious. We we enjoy both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, yeah, it's Dan, a lot of Dan fun. kind of got me over to the dark side. So, I I hey I I enjoy flying planes. I, I enjoy flying helicopters more, but you know I've got four or five planes out in my trailer, and I I fly them I fly them all the time. Yeah, all I've got are the little ultra micro bind and flies. I got a couple of those, but. So one thing we should touch on, Cliff, before we let you go is, um, you know, we want to give you here at the RCLA Nation, we want to give you a big thanks for donating the 450 kit for our Christmas giveaway. That That's fantastic. We really appreciate that. Yep. We're getting a huge response on it. So there's a lot of people that have entered, and um, we're really looking forward to giving that to some lucky person here around Christmas time. Well, I think when they put that Scorpion... Uh, 4,400 kV motor in there. They're they're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Get some good some good head speed on that helicopter. Well, Cliff, it sure has been a pleasure having you on. We really appreciate you coming and kind of filling us in on the on the scale aspect of RC helicopters. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, this was uh this wasn't as bad as I thought. I don't care what they say about you guys. You guys are so bad. <laughs> 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 Hang on. As Rob coughs up a lung, that was Cliff. Yay, Cliff. Yeah, that was a good interview, man. He was pretty nervous about coming on the show, but I think he did just fine. I think, I think that, he did a great uh, job. Sure. He's got he me wanting to of... do a scale build. You know, I've always had the the thought about, you know, I'd be cool to do one. And I put together an MD500 on my Gowie 200 once, you know, and I didn't really I didn't really spend a ton of time on it. But, you know, after talking to Cliff, it makes me want to go and, you know, kit the whole thing out all the way you know including interior and the whole nine yards you know spend like a whole winter building the thing and but man that'd be expensive as hell but yeah well you're wanting to copy me and dan is that what you're saying yeah i want to be like you guys you set the bar a little on the low side dude yeah yeah thanks cliff for coming on and uh thanks for supporting the show which reminds me guys we got one week left yep for the giveaway go listen to episode 12 and answer the question for the for the uh, enter the contest, it's pretty simple. Just tell us what uh, J.C. Zankel's first first helicopter that he flew, and that's all there is to it. Our participation is is just incredible. I mean, um, your odds of winning this one, I'm sad to say, aren't nearly as good as had you participated in previous giveaways. Nonetheless, in the grand scheme of things, it's still real good. Just head over to that Facebook page, click the like button if you haven't, and answer the question. Do it. Pretty easy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Simon will have more uh, more papers to dig through to find a name. That'll be cool. That's right. He's gonna have fun. He's gonna. Have, you, that's like gonna. That's gonna be like an all day project for you, man. Cutting all those names out. The way he cuts. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe this time Simon will have no problem pronouncing the guy's last name or girl, depending on. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Could be. So, guys, Christmas is coming up. Did you know that? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. What are you guys getting me? Things. Some Just stuff. Stuff. Just yeah. stuff. What do you get the guy that has everything? Um, I'm going to get him a Fusion 50 that's put together. Nice. 
I'm looking forward to that. I heard they're good good helicopters. Is it gonna come in a target bag? <laughs> you should put it in a target bag. It'd be easier to ship. You know, I almost bought one of those once. What a target bag? <laughs> yeah, a target bag, smart ass. Yes. You don't have to pay for those, Dan. You gotta you buy a give product in Target and then they'll give them to you for free. Oh man. That's not what they told me, man. I see one coming every day. I must have it tattooed across my head. Sucker. <laughs> so my point being that it's almost Christmas means the year's kind of uh, closing in on us. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's gone fast. It's been a crazy year. Rob, think about this. When you and I got together to cont- to talk about doing this podcast, it's almost yeah. been a year. Almost, yeah. It has almost been a whole year. Yeah. Wow. I remember Tell it was me. the beginning. It was There was still snow on the ground when me and you were talking at first beginning of yeah. like february or something yeah so now oh. it's that white stuff but and not cocaine no it's like dirt but it turns into water and it goes away yeah i'm confused sorry yeah you warm weather dick wear it with pride man wear it with pride <sighs> so anyway the point is guys the year's coming to an end so i think it's a perfect opportunity to talk about what you guys thought was the coolest thing of 2011 um uh, there was a whole bunch of cool stuff there was a whole bunch. It's going to be hard to nail it down, isn't it? Oh, man. The 8FG Super came out, right? Breaking 14 channels out of an 8-channel radio. That was that was pretty phenomenal. I don't even fly Futaba, and I thought that was super cool, you know? What do you think? What do you, what's your what's your thoughts, Brian? What do you think was the coolest thing this year? You know, I hate to say this, but, uh, yeah, the Beast X, oh, from the guy that, you know, refused to go to the fly bars, uh, you know, that. And, well, I mean, now that... Spectrum's kind of doing their own thing, uh, the new DX8, and that's kind of awesome. So, you know, that's my thinking. You know what I think is kind of cool, and um, I wouldn't have thought this just a few short months ago. <laughs> Rob is struggling tonight. Sorry, man. We're almost, we're almost done, Rob. Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> I tell you, I hated fly wireless for a long time. Tried a lot of different units. I couldn't yeah, imagine. You were, a, you were a late resistor there. You. you... You fought till the end there, but... Save, save the fly bar, baby. Save the fly bar. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's been so many things. I don't know. The oh, God, what what would be the coolest thing? Um, MCPX? Brushless yeah, MCPXs. Cool. Yeah. Yep. MCPX has is, is, is helped a lot of people get into the hobby. I mean, It has. And well, and just the technology behind it. It being so small, but integrating a three-axis gyro... And all in that lightweight package, you know, I mean. One thing that we can't forget that was absolutely cool. There's two, actually two things. The first is, of course, the rebirth of our Sahelian Nation. Yes. That was probably the coolest thing of the year. Coolest thing. In my opinion. The the second coolest thing is Pinion. Yes. Pinion. Yes. The new character. Yeah, that was great. That's right. Pinion emerged at Urcha. Dude, I dude, as soon as I saw Pinion's first video on the Bon Jovi bus while they were driving, I was hooked, and I was like, I'm I'm gonna watch all this guy's videos when they come out because I want to know what Pinion's doing. That was a a cool a cool cool concept that he came up with, you know. So kudos. Yeah, I mean, uh, pooping on a bus. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Seventy miles now is a poop. Yeah, but it's funny, you know. I mean, the the hobby's never had like. I don't, I, dare I say mascot? I don't know if he's necessarily a mascot or not, but a non-human spokesperson. You know what I really like about um, Pinion is he's um, he he really is 
he's just likable no matter where what your bent is on the hobby. I mean, you know, you get some guys who are, you know, they're they're just so pro this particular helicopter. But when Pinion goes out and does an interview, he doesn't. I mean, he does. He's like the greatness that is Gowie, the greatness that is Synergy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. right. And yeah. He's He's just so fun, and it's just an awesome. Uh, I really enjoy his videos. What Man, a friendly I could, dog he is. What a friendly little dog. But you know, fucker can talk shit though. Yes, he can, and he doesn't like cats, so I've kind of got mixed feelings there. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, I guess not everybody likes cats. I think the uh, the soon to be released Spectrum receiver with the Beast X Flybar controller built in. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's cool. It's this year, so it's. I mean, it's late in the year, but definitely that counts. That yeah. that's a. I think that's going to be a cool, a cool unit. I mean, just because it saves, just that one extra piece of you know, equipment that you have to put on the bird, you know. And yes, yes, the V bar guys already have a receiver built in, but that re- relies on needing satellite. It just has satellite ports built into it, right? And it's got the does the channel busing and stuff like that, but. This unit is a full-blown receiver integrated inside the flybarless controller. You don't need satellites plugged into it to make it receive a signal and then fly on, you know. And I, as far as I know, that's the first one that's doing that. Hey, guys, I know another cool thing that happened this year. What's that? We got to see the video of the guy with, I think it was a raptor, spool up and then watch his head go flying in the air without his helicopter. In confusion. Dude, that was old. That's old news, dog. Come See, on now. Uh, yeah. No, hey. It, did, it came out this year, didn't it? No, dude. Come on now. Oh. Hello, Rob. I'm Ernest. We good, met. Man. <laughs> My hey. name is Rob. <laughs> My watch is broke. <laughs> it's a Nerf watch, and it got wet. I don't know. I don't know, guys. It was. It's been a pretty good year. It's kind of hard. A lot of cool things are happening. It's kind of hard to nail down a few things, but obviously. The you know the rebirth of the nation is on top. Yeah, oh, yeah. McConnell's extreme came out. Yeah, yeah. And the X five came out. That thing is the that beats the piss off anything that size. So also two guys think think about this. Think about this year has been the 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 uh, affirmation of of all things electric. Think about that. Yeah. So I know it's just a phenomenon. You know, all of these yeah. nitros are just it's just dwindling. I mean, I know that. For the fun fly that I go to up in Bemidji, just a couple hours north of where I live here, the first year I went, oh gosh, it was probably 60-40 or 70-30 towards nitro. But this last year that I went, I saw maybe two or three nitro helicopters, and that was it. Everything else was electric all the way up and down the flight line. So Absolutely, man. And, and all of those 90 electrics that are now available. And I remember having conversations with people a few years ago. And it was just, oh man, there's there would be no way I would ever own anything bigger than maybe a 500 in electric. If in you electric. own anything, yeah, it'd be like if you had anything other than if it was bigger, it was just a waste of energy. Nitro is the way. I love my nitro, and, and I will continue to fly nitro. But I mean, how, can you even think off the top of your head how many new 90s there are? 16, 20? It's God, hard to say. Yeah, it's a ton of them. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the new hotness. People are putting out that size bird, you know. So I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you this too. My mind is swayed so much that when I've owned 90s in the past, they've always been nitro. I mm. currently right now don't have a 90, but I will not buy a 90 nitro. Right, you buy an electric. If I, yeah. if I get a if I get a 90, it's going to be electric. Sure. So well, and a, these days battery prices have come down enough where it's reasonable to get into something like that. God, when I first started the hobby, there were only two 
90-size helicopters that I was aware of at the time, and that was the Raptor and the Align, right? Yep. Shortly mm -hmm. after that, things just kind of exploded from there, and all kinds of manufacturers started to make larger birds and electric. But back then, to get high-performance batteries, which weren't really super high-performance at the time, you know, compared to what we have now, it was so cost prohibitive, but we're talking like 350 bucks a pack. And if you need yep. two of those, you know what I mean? It's like, no way am I going to spend that much just for one flight and then I have to charge that, you know, at 1C or whatever. But today, you know, I mean, shoot, you could pick up a pair of uh, six cell 5,000 uh, Gen Zs for 70 bucks each, you know, and everybody seems to love the heck out of those batteries. And, uh, but, they're, you know, so today you can do it for cheaper than you could buy the gyro that you're going to put in the thing, you know, and so totally totally doable these days like yeah now when we talk when we talk about the good things we got to talk about some of the bad things you guys have your fire extinguishers with you <laughs> yeah. yep yeah. <laughs> so you know we don't need to rehash that whole thing cc god bless them you know rob and i use them we love them but there's a couple other disappointing things that happened this year when the yeah. volts packs came out yeah. yeah they were all the hotness everybody wanted them and they've quickly become quickly we realized that maybe they're not as good as they thought to be. And that seems to be a trend that's happening because you're seeing all of these new packs come out mm. and they start off strong and then boom, they go dead on us. Yeah. So, yeah. Short, short lifespans. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out next year, but definitely a disappointment. Um, other than that, you know, when it comes to disappointments in the hobby, it's all, you know, your perspective. I really can't imagine. I don't really. I can't really think of th anything other than those two things. No, no. There. I mean, I, I haven't seen any manufacturers that I can put my finger on one that's just like made a total lemon or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So yeah. everybody's stepping up their game these days, and you know, as you know, as I've been, as long as I've been in the hobby, all I've seen is things get you know better and stronger and faster. And I think that's like that with just about any industry, really. You know, every now and then you hit roadblocks and stuff like that, but you know, it's. It's interesting to watch this happen, you know. Now we've got this new plateau that's getting ready to build in and with 14 cell setups and stuff like the Mikado Logo Extreme and whatnot. And it'll be interesting yeah. to see if that actually takes off, you know, that uh, that that level because it's just it's you know, and I was asking myself before, are we going to hit some sort of peak where we just really can't go we any farther? I don't know. I don't think we've hit that yet, but it, this this next plateau I think is going to be a slow one to climb over. And you can look forward to uh, next show. We're going to actually kind of talk a little bit about what we think is going to be cool for the next year, you know, predictions and stuff like that. We'll kind of keep track of that. Yes. So we, we started a new segment a, f a few shows ago, Rob. Yes, we did. The 60-second 60 60 tech, tech tip. Yes. We've got a few submissions, um, and, we you know, they're all great. We're, we're eventually going to use them all. Remember, if you send us a 60-second uh, tech tip and we use it, we're going to send you out a T-shirt. Yes, sir. But the, we have a friend of the show that sent us a tech tip. This 60-second tech tip is brought to you by RCLE Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. Yes, sir. Make the audio. Make it go on there. Come on. And here it is. Hi, Dan. Digit Barney. And I'm calling in for the TT tech tip of the week. It, it's very important for the tech tip and for the other listeners on Artiheliniton to, to, to have good positive, good positive tech tips. So here's my tech tip for the week. 
Okay. So like, you know, the helicopter, when you do the little stick on the lead tight, and then it goes up and down and then the, the blade spin, right? I, I got a, I got a, a, a MSR from the, the hobby shop, right? And, and I, I crashed it a bunch. Well, I learned something very important. You should always put the blades on facing the right way. If you face them the wrong way, the helicopter does stupid stuff. They get the jiggle jiggle and a jump a jump and a bump a bump and they don't fly right. So if you put the, what they call it, the, the, the leading, that, yeah, the leading edge, if you face the right, it's a good thing. If it face in the wrong and it's a trailing wedge, uh, why did they call it a trading wedgie? I don't like wedgies. Wedgies suck. If it fate the wrong way, it's a bad thing. So if it fated right and it doesn't jiggle wobble, you're good to go for the week. Anyway, that's Barney Tech Tip. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to love that, Barney. Barney's trying hard, man. He is. He, he's, uh, he, it'll get, I'm hoping we hear more from Barney as the days go by. He's, he's, he's a... He's a special guy. Dude, I can't wait to hear his tech tip on the wall of death. Yes. <laughs> That'll be great. Might turn out to be like the wall of barf, like Mike's wall of barf, but we never know. How do you get in touch with us? Well, you can get in touch with me at dankreed at msn.com or Dan, Dan K. Reed at most of the forums or dan at rchelionation.com. How do I get in touch with you, Rob? Well, I know this lady that will throw some tiger bones in a bowl for you and then predict where I'm at. And then uh, she'll draw you a map on your palm, and then you can find me and talk to me in person. Um, or, what's probably easier, you could just email me. It's at rob at rchelionation.com. And uh, you can catch me on Facebook. Um, I'm on there as uh, myself. So poke it. Or you can just you can find me through the, our, our wall if you want, rchelionation as well. But um, I got my blog out there. Uh, we've linked to it through the website. Reminder, if you do get a hold of me that way, put in a context so I can get back with you because otherwise I won't know who you, you know how to get back in touch with you so just leave your email address for me sounds real good how do I get in touch with you Brian if I wanted to send you an email well this time of year in Houston you know we've got the drought on so uh, smoke signals are out but uh, I mean if you really <laughs> want to get in touch with me you can get me on the forums uh, ROV Pilot 26 on all the forums and uh, you can get me at uh, bfoster at skillflying.com very oh. nice so the Facebook page, guys, it's growing tremendously fast. Uh, be sure to check it often. Uh, we post up a lot of interesting pictures, stuff we're doing there. And we have something special in the works. We haven't quite decided what number, but at a certain point, we're going to release uh, a pretty awesome giveaway. Yes. Uh, you guys will not – when we tell you what it is, you'll just be shocked. And it, it's big. Trust me. It's new, it's big, it's cool, but we haven't quite decided how many likes we're going to do that at. So, you know, pay close attention to that. Also, the newsletter. There might, might be a widget in the newsletter. <laughs> or an there might Easter be a... egg. <laughs> Something else for Rob to break. Is, is, that, is, is that an Ed, Ed, and Eddie reference there? And then you can read it. And click on the link inside. But you never know, guys. There may be a giveaway on that newsletter right now. I, yeah, sneaky. Might not be. I don't know. You got to sign up to find out. Can you know, I it's kind of like it's kind of like playing the lottery, but you don't have to spend money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. For exactly. sure. Can you enter, Brian? Yeah. Can I enter? Um. Never no. mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
But seriously, guys, don't forget to go to the Facebook page and register for the giveaway that's going to be coming up. Shabam. Do it. From our Sierradine, we're going to be doing that. Uh, our next show is going to be released the day after Christmas. We're going to actually probably stop the giveaway uh, the day before Christmas, or maybe the. it depends upon what our schedules are like. It's either going to stop the day before or late in the evening uh, the day of. Uh, to make sure we don't get any late entries, um, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go ahead and get that uh, next week. We have an incredible interview. Bert Cameron's on. Woohoo! It, it's, outrageous. it's outrageous! It's outrageous! Outrageous! Hey, you know what? <laughs> Speaking of Bert Cameron and our page, right now we have 581 likes and 275 people are talking about our wall right now. And Burt Cameron's got 3,001 people that like him. 205 people are talking about it. So by all rights, we should be able to chase him down and get more likes than him. So everybody in the nation, come like the wall. Get your friends to listen to the show or, or not or like the wall. It doesn't matter. My goal <laughs> is to my goal is to race Big Bad Burt and get more likes Bert. than his page. As Penny would say, we're calling you out, Burt. Yeah, we're calling you to the carpet, mister. <laughs> our wall's going to kick your wall's ass. So what Rob is really trying to say is, we're coming for you. Yes. Use guys. You. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Well, guys, that's it. Uh, episode 14. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. And a uh, special shout out to all you warm weather dicks out there. Hey. Enjoy it while it lasts because pretty soon it's going to be nice here and too hot for you guys. Yes. So Larry. <laughs> I'm sending. I'm gonna send Rob a hurricane this year. I'm gonna name it after my ex. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you later. Thanks, this has been a production of RC Heli Nation. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact us on our page at www.rchelination.com. And if you'd like to support our show by donating, there's a Donate Now button right on our page. <laughs>